This is Madhur Raja from Panez. I'm sitting here with Mara Garcia, a dancer and choreographer who collaborates within communities to create stories of identity and place. How are you, Mara? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm very glad to be here. Glad to have you. So I kind of wanted to start out with asking you what inspired you to be a choreographer? Um, what stories are you trying to tell and what moves you? Yes, um, well, thank you. Thank you for asking that. Uh, I'm glad to be here today, glad to uh, see you today. Um, I just wanted to say that I, st I started dancing as a child, so um, I've always danced for most of my life and danced other people's choreography uh, and performed other people's choreography, but I didn't really start creating my own choreography until um, maybe around 2000 six, seven, eight, like around those times, and uh, it, it, the need came because I had something to say. I, I had a particular storyline that I, I wanted to talk about through dance, and no one was saying it, so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to say it. So it, um, I, for a while, and I think I had this desire to create work or say something through work, but hadn't been told that I could be a choreographer, hadn't been trained to be a choreographer, and so I thought, oh, well, that is something somebody else does. Mm -hmm. But when there came a point that I um, had a spe you know, specific personal event in my life and I wanted to create a dance about that, mm -hmm. I wanted to um, express gratitude through this particular dance, and there was no one else that could say that. So I said, well, I've got to create movement uh, that's specific for me to express this. I'm so just, a personal story. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it came out of a need in a way. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Mora here is um, indigenous. She is um, Cherokee and... Um, Madame Mesquite. Madame yeah. Mesquite, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a lot of your culture influences your dancing, right? Yes. Um, and so when people ask me, you know, what is your... Um, style or do you, what kind of dance do you do? It's, mm -hmm. uh, I, I wonder sometime, I don't know that there's a name necessarily to describe it. I, I say contemporary indigenous performance because that could be a category, but it doesn't actually mean about the technique. And so um, my uh, cultural background, mm -hmm. my family stories, uh, so traditional stories, family stories, and life stories uh, are what influence my work and the actual movements. Also the story of activity, the story of ceremony, and the story of routine. So, um, for example, I might have a movement that's based on the way that you have to sift through hominy when you've washed it with uh, lye water and to get the little black tips off. There's a, there's a movement that you have you need to do right. to, you know, with that material mm -hmm. and so that might be, be a basis for a dance or the way mm -hmm. that uh, you pat down seeds when you're planting or the way that you shape clay um, the movement of our ceremonies not recreating ceremony on stage nothing like that but you know the way that we move in our dances and our traditional dances so um, those are the things that I, I pull from so there's so much detail in all the different moves they don't, they're not they don't just come about they all come from something every little move has its own background story. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you said that. So uh, yes and no. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, and I do this on purpose, uh, you know, sometimes it is that way. Uh, there is a, a, 
one of my pieces called I Wish Gonshkotli, which means the other person is always planting. And um, so I specifically created in different ways for that. One was to look at, for example, the elements that are involved with planting, the elements that uh, the sun and the earth and water and wind and how all of these things are necessary uh, for planting. Mm-hmm. Um, and one was to, okay, I'm. T- what is my relationship with the sun? What is the relationship with all of earth with the sun? Um, I had music created uh, by uh, Mark Gabriel Little. Shout out to my music maker, who also <laughs> happens to be my little brother. Um, so he created the music, and then I created dance in response to that music but it had an original story to begin with and then it was translated to the music and then I responded to the music but sometimes I create the other way around well I'll be working um, with a story like a traditional story and let's say in the story seven men went here well how do I recreate that okay and they did this movement well what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So I might be, um, each movement and each transition may have a s- specific little story also. So both ways I, I like to create. Mm-hmm. So can you enlighten us on a specific um, performance um, and what, what the story entailed and what you wanted the audience to take from your performance? Yeah. Um, well, just... Um, with dance and with stories and you know there's obviously so many different ways to tell a story yeah um someone once said to me a best the best performance is where your lights your costume your the quality of movement um the props and everything is telling the same story uh so you know i um i'm always interested in making sure that the audience is hearing what I'm saying but I also don't want to hit them over the head with it or assume that they're don't you want one I don't want to assume that they don't know something because they already they come with lots of knowledge you know but they also may not know what story I'm telling them may have no clue um so it's uh, the challenge in that is one not hitting your audience over the head <laughs> but two understanding that if you have a story that with so much uh, background and so much depth the audience may have no reference point. So how do you get across in a performance um, of an hour, two hours, all of this information, right. you know? Um, and sorry, I started talking about that. What was the original question again? <laughs> so. I guess I can be more specific. So I know um, you had a show recently, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Full Moon Dances, mm-hmm. and you kind of took the audience through a series of different um, moments. Yes. And there was a, there was a part where you... Um, you kind of mimicked a baby bird looking for a place to go. Okay. Is that the one um, finding yourself? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, okay so that one, yes. Um, so <laughs> the broad, with a lot of pieces, there's a bigger story and a smaller story. As in all stories, right? You have uh, the story arc, and then you might have little personal stories. So with this uh, dance performance, I collaborated with Chico Sierra, uh, who is a... A poet musician and so it was the story of, of a relationship between two people and the story of the ups and downs of this relationship and also um, looking at we call we say people are in a relationship but they're two separate beings and so what separate paths people may be on in their lives and how that pulls them together and 
pulls them farther apart. Mm-hmm. Um, in that particular piece, it was about someone who's finding themselves. Because if you're in a relationship with somebody else and you're busy finding yourself, that may or may not bring you closer. It actually might bring you farther apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's lots of seriousness about finding yourself. And I thought, yeah, but it's also kind of funny. That's mm-hmm. You're right here, right? <laughs> and so I, I thought about um, when sometimes we're always thinking we have to be something different or do something different to find mm-hmm. ourselves. And what's more different than birds <laughs> or than uh, a bear mm-hmm. or things that are so different from us? And so it's it's a, it's looking seriously at going to find yourself but also kind of making fun of it and okay to find myself I am going to be like a bird mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and to find this is what I'm going to do and then putting on uh, ram uh, it was like ram fur oh. is what, what, what that was and I did have some feathers too but j- just the idea okay I'm going to go find myself I'm going to mm-hmm. be this animal I'm going to have to put on this animal skin and now I'm going to walk like this animal mm-hmm. and it's it's funny because if you actually try to do those movements we obviously can only do them so well because yeah. we're humans. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the story uh, behind that. And uh, what I hoped that the audience um, would take from it is, um, you know, if they got all of that storyline, if they thought about it and discussed it, fine. But also just kind of laughing at ourselves and the idea um, of finding yourself to have some humor in that. Mm-hmm. So what is a favorite story that you've told? Hmm. I have lots of stories. Um well, I think um, one of the stories recently that's also in Awishkanshkoi, the piece that I was telling, uh, is the story of Daughter of the Sun. It's a traditional story. It's a Cherokee story. I'm not going to tell it here because it's a long story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to do, it has many lessons in it. It has to, a lot to do with balance, um, the power of the sun, you know, that you have something so powerful that if we do not have it, we, along with most life, unless it's some type of organism on the bottom of the sea, mm-hmm. would, you know, would die. But we also, if you spend too much time in the sun, you get burnt. If you look at directly at the sun for a long time, you'll go blind. Right. So this whole idea of being completely dependent upon something that's so powerful, so you have to walk with it in balance. Um, so that's a, a maybe even... A, moral or the teach some of one of the teachings behind the story but with this particular story there's lots of action involved mm-hmm. um, and there are lots of you know you have the whole all of society involved and people going on a journey and people coming back and actually people f- not succeeding failing mm-hmm. but then things turning out okay so I think that's what's fascinating to me about the that particular story. So I'm kind of curious about the creative process mm-hmm. because you're able to speak about it, but then you're also able to perform and um, create choreography to resonate with the audience about the specific story. Mm-hmm. How does that come about? How do you how do you match each movement with what you're saying, and where does it start? Does it start with the story or the <laughs> dance, or I, you know? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I had the chance to go to a residency in Vancouver in December. Uh, our instructor was Charles Coronejo. He was Maori, uh, which is another group of indigenous people, but in New Zealand. And uh, he talked to us about this 
it was supposedly a great debate that happened over several days, and I think it was in Japan, and it was uh, whether or not the, and I might mess the story up if he ever listens to this, I'm sorry, <laughs> but whether or not the, pro, uh, was it the process, um, the content, or, you know, the process. I think those are the two, you know. So whether or not you came up with the content first and then started mm-hmm. creating, or you started creating and then the content came about. Right. And, you know, I, th- I don't know. I think they never, they did not agree. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, I, and there's two, so there's two ways of, of looking at that. Um, I, and, and he challenged us to think, you know, what, how do you create? And I think a lot of the times I have something specific I'm thinking about. It'll usually be something that is bothering me. Um, and not, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's kind of this nagging thing that keeps on reoccurring, a story and a story and a story. And, oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, um, you know, what is the story of, of planting? What is the story of putting seeds in the ground and having them grow? What is the story of, uh, you know, of this land in Kansas City, Missouri? I haven't done a piece about that necessarily. <laughs> but, and so um, it'll just keep on reoccurring. Mm-hmm. And I'll start thinking of movements that might have to do with that particular story. And sometimes it'll come together all at once. Sometimes it'll just, I'll work on them in the studio and leave them there and then come revisit them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, I don't know if that kind of answers your question. Oh, no, some. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So there isn't one direct answer. It's kind of just, it just happens, you know, uh, what inspires you or how... Well, well, you know, it, um, so w- with dance, it's important to do some exploration. So when mm-hmm. you're doing um, exploration, for example, uh, there, you know, and then I could go into detail about different exercises that you might do, like, um, you know, walking, mm-hmm. walking fast, walking slow, walking high, walking low. When you, when you do those explorations, um, something that makes you want to explore further will usually come out. Right? Maybe you have an exploration. Um, I did, for example, in the studio yesterday, I was oozing around on the floor for 40 minutes, okay? <laughs> and so, but part of the exploration was, well, what happens if I have to move sideways? Mm-hmm. I can only move sideways on the floor, which is very tiring, by the way. Um, and so how am I going to get across the floor? Mm-hmm. Okay, what if I have to move away from that object? And, and so when you, when you do those things, which may sound strange, at the end of it, you've come out with this movement. This is, oh, this is the movement. If I am in life and I have to move away from something sideways, mm-hmm. well, that's what this looks like. And so um, in order to not always be doing the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we could all easily fall into, no matter what your art is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you kind of doing these explorations and making yourself do stuff that might be new or uncomfortable, um, you know that helps the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your um, your choreography, your dance techniques are very different. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. There's mm-hmm. so much. They're a lot more powerful. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, I, I was on. It was it was beautiful to watch, and like I could tell that there was a lot of thought with each movement. Mm-hmm. That they, you weren't just you know moving with the sound. You were you were telling a story essentially with each movement. I thought that was something that was that resonated with me. Um, another um, 
source of inspiration is not just in the studio also, but uh, like this, I have a piece that's going to premiere on the 21st and 22nd. It's mm-hmm. part of a, I'm an artist in residence at the Lawrence Art Center. So um, as part of that residency, I'm presenting a, a short piece at their ballet show. Okay. It's, it's not a ballet at all. It's not ballet. <laughs> just clarify that. <laughs> but... Um, one of the movements came from a little boy that was doing a one, two, three, hop, step. He was just, I, and I saw this child, and he was concentrating. First he was walking, and he just looked like he was concentrating. And all of a sudden, he just started doing this one, two, three, hop, one, two, three, hop, and he passed his hands underneath his leg. And I was like, what is that kid doing? That's so neat looking. Mm-hmm. So I just watched this little boy, you know, and I said, I hope you don't mind, little boy, I'm going to steal that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But the movements that people sometimes are doing, um, two-year-olds have a wonderful movement, you know, Mm because they're just completely without uh, caring of technique or anybody else, for that matter, you know. (laughs) Um, Birds, you know, watching, uh, for example, a bunch of buzzards, how they, you know, all sit you know, on, on poles or, mm-hmm. so there's all types of movement that is not in the studio that just happens. Right. There's dance going on, you know, all around mm-hmm. us and to take from that also and borrow from that. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Would you do the honor of sharing an excerpt of a poem okay. that you've written? Yes, I will. Um, so this poem, uh, if, if you recall, I talked about the process of thinking about our relationship with the sun, um, and, so this was a poem created from that thought. It's called uh, Ode to the Sun. How we need the sun and earth and wind. Absence makes us sick. Sitting in our shoddy boxes, we think castles. We imagine we forget, but our spirits don't forget. Dry tears running, waiting for us to go outside, waiting for us to come home. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. And so that is the beginning of a piece also. So I, that poem is, uh, you know, performed live before a, a, the, a, a dance that corresponds to music that also corresponds to Ode to the Sun. Oh, okay. And so the music was created with the idea of rays coming up like the sunrise and then the... Um, the dance corresponds to the lines in the poem. Yeah. Um, what inspired this story? How did it all start? Vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> vitamin, well, several things. Um, vitamin D deficiency, the fact that I spend, uh, I plant also, wanting to make work about planting um, wanting to honor some of my uh, family who had passed on and their stories about planting, and also wanting to work in, in workshops uh, with other you know, people with different uh, Native communities. And so I, I felt there's so many things I always forget to talk about when someone interviews me. But one of the other ways I created in this process was about place, mm-hmm. so stories of place. Um, I think you mentioned that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I held a series of workshops, um, one in the Kansas City Indian Center, uh, one at my house in DeSoto, um, one in Vancouver, 
and there's somewhere else I'm forgetting right at the moment. Uh, but they were, and the, what we dealt with in the workshops were, where is our, where were we born? Where our tribal homelands are, so the homelands of our tribe, which for some people that's not the same, they weren't born in the same place, and then where we live now. Mm-hmm. And so um, people create, the workshops were free. Oh, and the other one was for the First Nations uh, Student Association at University of Kansas. So um, the workshops, you know, were free, but I asked the people, I said, can I use some of what you share to create choreography? So, and that's how some of the choreography was created to share these folks stories and mm-hmm. of place via choreography and so wow. it's very complex <laughs> you can mm. take something so simple and just expand and it and you know it's it, it's interesting <coughs> about that though uh, as an artist one has to realize that i can have that understanding of the meaning but the reality is unless someone is in my head they are not going to know what that means They're, they may only take part of it Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's important to be uh, specific and have those matching the music and the lights and the costume because you want them to at least take some of it. They're not going to take the whole story. That's just not possible mm-hmm. unless, you know, they had an interview and read something and then went and saw the piece, right. you know, <laughs> which gets probably to be like work after a while. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a story that Liz Lehrman, I'm going to, probably misquote her, but it, I'm going to paraphrase. So Liz Lehrman is a, a very well-known danced artist and philosopher based out of D.C., but she said um, that you can relate to the story of choreography or in dance in three ways. Um, there's like different levels. So she said she was looking at, she was in a building, and she looked out of the window, and she saw um, a bunch of children playing, and the, and the kids were flopping around. And she was like, wow, that looks really cool. That's a very neat-looking movement. That's fascinating. So she wanted to find out what they were doing and why. You know, so she walked down the stairs and went outside. And when she went outside, she saw that the children were by a pond and that fish had come out of the pond and they were flopping around. And so the children were flopping around mm-hmm. imitating the fish. So then she understood what they were imitating. And then in that moment, she started having memories about when she used to go fishing with her father. And that made her, you know, that brought another sense to mm-hmm. her. And so she said, you know, if you're lucky at some point in a performance, uh, you will hit someone on one of those levels. I mean, when you're really lucky, it might be all three. That's, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think about that a lot. Um, and then realize that sometimes it may be just the f- someone will see that looks really neat. That might be all that they're seeing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, which uh, sometimes is okay. <laughs> I, think, I think it's amazing yeah. that you're able to find inspiration and in just you know daily common tasks, just mm-hmm. anything. You're able to see it and make something out of it. That's that's what art is all about. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, people are very interesting, and yeah, stuffs very lots of interesting things going on. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you're you're putting yourself out there on stage, mm-hmm. and you're telling a personal story, but you're also you're also allowing the audience to give their own opinions, to um, allow their own interpretations. So, how does that affect you as an artist? You know, does it? <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of a specific thing. Because it's it's so it makes you so vulnerable in a sense. How hmm. do you? 
How do you handle that? How do you go about it? Does it empower you? Yeah, actually, uh, talking is more scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're on the stage and performing, then I'm, I don't feel vulnerable in that way, actually. Wow. Um, actually, okay, I, when there's been a wardrobe malfunction, sometimes, <laughs> yes, I have felt, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but I feel um, I'm not dancing, ever dancing by myself, mm-hmm. even if I, there are not other humans you know, with me. I have my, uh, the ones who came before me that are dancing with me. Mm-hmm. And so I, feel, I think it's very empowering to perform. Um, now, people's interpretations... Um, and reviews and all of those things are always very interesting. Um, and, you know, I've, tol- I've told my story once I've performed. I know that because uh, there's some things they're just not going to understand, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I just hope it has affected them in a good way. Mm-hmm. But I do remember one time I created a choreography uh, based very specifically on stories of interviews. This was with the Charleston Library Society. Mm-hmm. And so I interviewed the, this is a private library, started in 17-something in Charleston, South Carolina. I think it was still started when, uh, yeah, it might have been 1760, when the, because the British, um, the colonies, sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> the colonies were based out of, uh, their headquarters were based in, in Charleston for, for that area. And so they, they had this private library, very exclusive, very beautiful, and it's still a library that you have to pay to be a part of. So it's a, a private library, you know, old school. And I, I interviewed the constituents of this library um, and made the music even used parts of their interviews. We also used parts of the story, uh, Nachi creation story, because that's one of the nations that are indigenous to that area, mm-hmm. with permission, just put that out there, mm-hmm. um, to use um, not their full stories, but just excerpts from their stories. And, that was cre- and then the choreography was based on that. So there was one movement that I did where I had my hand in the air. And so um, <laughs> afterwards... Uh, one woman said, that just reminded me, was that, ha- did that have to do with the lynchings that went on? Da, 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 da. And I was like, did you, I, I just looked at her for a while and I said, oh did God. you read the program? I didn't say that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in my mind I was thinking, uh, some things are, you know, you can take uh, however you want, but I, I, re- I do remember being slightly annoyed because that was very specific, that pe- the whole piece was about those people's stories. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it made her think, and maybe she's gonna, I don't know, write a book about the, the atrocities. So something good, hopefully, will come of it. Right. <laughs> but, but it did make me laugh because mm-hmm. I thought you did not pay attention. Right. <laughs> what is one thing that you always want your audience to take away? Mm. Um, I think that I would hope that they would be. Uh, given energy and mm-hmm. that they would be in, somehow inspired in their own lives. You know, if that's the broadest thing, you know, all, for different performances or different stories, I may have different uh, pieces of information or ideas that I would hope, but really I hope that I am, would, the energy and the spirit that comes through me when I perform or that is in the choreography, I hope that I, it comes out of me and reaches them. That's, that is my desire for any performance and story that I'm conveying. 
That's awesome. To me, kind of the reason that's the purpose of dancing mm-hmm. should be the purpose of speaking, but we don't always, doesn't always work because mm-hmm. we talk so much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thank you for your time, Maura. I really appreciate it. Thank you, and I'm very glad to be here. <laughs>